Hey, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Um, on this week's podcast, we have a new guest, and we we tackle some action, some soap, and possibly some controversy. Um, let's welcome the, my companion for this evening. That sounds nice. Um, completing my royal flush of that comic smell presenters uh, is the man who escaped sunny Spain, in fact Menorca, he was just telling me, to live in Windy Dundee, which is particularly windy at the moment. Um, it's only Nando Pons. How you doing, man? You're right. I'm all right, Tony. How are you? <laughs> Good. Yeah, we were a bit worried it wouldn't happen, wouldn't it? Because you got is it Babette? Is it? Storm yeah, Stone Babette. Stone Babette. Yes. Um, posh, and man. I actually, yes, very <laughs> posh. I'm I'm actually living in Carnoustie, so it's farther north than Dundee. So oh, I'm man. even closer to the storm. Than... <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So yeah. Well, thanks for coming on in this these times of trouble. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I was speaking to your your pal uh, Tom earlier, and he was he sent me a video of the dogs down by the the sea or down by the the river. And, yeah. Uh, fucking hell! Bloody hell! Looks look uh, very yes. lively. Yeah. So, yes. So for those that don't know, you're one of the four hosts of that comic smell. Is that right? That's that's right. Yes. How long have you been going for, dude? Is it it's a good maybe four or five years now, if not more? Is it? I think it's about five years that well, been going on now. Yeah, 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 and I'm still going strong. Yeah, yeah, we've had um, we've had everyone else on the show, including Mike, um, and then I actually came up and first time we met actually wasn't it when I came up to Tom's house? Cause about three or four months ago now, isn't it? And we did a yeah, a that's lab. right, yeah, and that's the first time we met, yeah, yeah, that's good fun, man. I really enjoyed that. It's really nice because obviously I've met Dave before, I'd met Tom before, but uh, yeah, it's nice meeting all the guys at once. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to have you there, Tony, as well, Thank definitely. You, and you've just recorded one as we speak, haven't you? I think a couple of days ago. Yeah, just on Monday, actually. Yeah. Are you are you not able to spill what it's about yet? I suppose the thing is with Tom is he hasn't Ooh. been in the camp for a while, doesn't he? Ah, yeah. yes, that's the thing. So he hasn't been in the camp for a wee while, and then he'll release them. So, um, I'll say the title or something related to the title, which okay. is in the shops. Ah, okay. So it's about pornographic magazines. Good to know. The <laughs> Comics that you can buy in the shops. In the shops, excellent. Yeah. Yes. And I happen to know what Mike's choice is because he texted me as he was buying it. So, well, there you are. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you on, mate. It's great. The first guest from Menorca, and I think the first guest from Spain, I'm going to say. So that's good. So, we're going to get a little bit into reading habits and how you got access to. Some of the comics yeah. we're going to, we, well, especially the, the comic we're going to talk about. Um, but did you mm. want to list, let the listeners know what you've chosen to come on and have a chat about? Um, we're going to talk about Uncanny X Men and 183. Yeah. The title of the story is He'll Never Made Me Cry. Yeah. Which and is the, a... the part with a bit of controversy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to say. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um... Yes, although I'll, I'll add a note to that. Yeah. Uh, from when when I read it originally, when I was about about ten or eleven or something like that. Okay. Oh, however old I was, and then I've reread it recently, and then yeah, you can. There's something there. Yeah. I didn't realise when I read it the first time. I think um, there's, there's an age difference. Let's let's not let's not spoil what we're oh, talk yeah. about in a minute. But okay, so it's X Men 183. He'll never make me cry. As you kindly said it's written by Chris Claremont. Artist is uh, John Romita, then known as John Romita Jr. Inks by Dan Green. Colours by Glynis Ween. 
uh, letters by Tom Orzakowski. Editors was at the, the double team of Anne Nascenti and Louise Simonson, aka Louise Jones. Uh, cover yeah. date July 1984, release date April 1984, 22 pages, and the glory days of 60 cents uh, for colour. <laughs> now it would be, I'm sure, 4 99 well, there you go. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So did you want to give that just before we go into how you got it and everything, did you want to give like a summary of what happens in it, dude? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one in particular is just a single issue story in between many storylines going on. But yeah. essentially is the X-Men. They've just kind of returned from the world in Secret Wars, Marvel yeah. Superhero Secret Wars. And... The story starts with Colossus um, breaking up with Kitty Pride. Yeah, and, um, and, and in in a rather well written sequence. Yes, well written and well drawn as well. I thought yeah. the moments, the panels, the breaks—it's all really well done there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that happens in that episode, and obviously, is how Kitty deals with that part with her emotions um how storm helps her how initially we also see lockheed and iliana in the mansion and uh, comforting her as well yeah then we also see what happens to colossus in the story and it's quite interesting as well yeah um, because wolverine decided that needs to take hands into this situation um, and yeah, it's a very interesting way to do it. So Wolverine and Nightcrawler take Colossus out uh, for a chat, yeah. and they go to the bar for a chat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine yeah. is. We'll talk a little bit about the character Wolverine in a bit, but he's, he's slightly different. Is he? He's not the fatherly figure we see now, is he? You know, in this. He's... No. Although in this story, perhaps it's one of the first ones. Yeah, that's a good that point. You see actually. that sort of fatherly figure um essence of the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So in the bar they come across um Juggernaut came Marco, yeah. don't they, at the bar, who's who's with a girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The, 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 they meet this big guy, K Marco. In the series, you know. Um yeah. and uh, yeah, Colossus has has had one too many pints and Ends up in a bar bro with Juggernaut, <laughs> which and <laughs> you know as you do. <laughs> yeah, and spoilers, he doesn't win, which I remember finding no, quite shocking. He doesn't win. Yeah, but but you know it puts up a fight, and yeah. even even Juggernaut says at the end of the fight, they say you know it made me proud. Yeah, he's got, um, he's got a good right hook or something. He says right cross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then and then. And then essentially the bark is completely destroyed. But yeah, that's the whole <laughs> yeah, that's the whole situation there, pretty much. Um there's a couple of interludes in the story as well, um which are interesting. I don't know if you want to mention yeah, them or please not. do, man, yeah. Um uh, one of them is Rogue is in the danger room. And she's yes. actually overdoing it, really. She's just putting herself in danger there. Yeah. Uh, to the point that Storm has to intervene to save her life. Um and it's all because this is a storyline from previous issues where Rogue has has had a mental breakdown between her own personality and Carol Denver's personality yeah. that she absorbed when she absorbed all the powers 
in that uh, Avengers annual yeah. is number 10, which is also written by Chris Kyamon, if I remember correctly. And I think it's worth and a few quid now, isn't it, I think? It's one of those sort of key issues yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's Michael Golden doing the art. Of course it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a really good one. It's a really good one. So, yeah, Rock is going through this phase that she's having this mix-up of memories and uh, this mix-up of personalities, and she doesn't know how to cope with it, essentially. Uh, and Storm is there to help Rogue. Yeah. Um, we also see a Storm um offering the crying shoulder to kitty yes so uh, later on and then there's another interlude as well where we see valerie cooper uh, which is a government agent yeah to call it something official and mystic in disguise yes and they are on their way to meet forge yeah, uh, and that leads to the story where Forge creates um, a detector, a mutant detector machine, based on Rome Space Night technology, right. and it also creates a gun that could neutralize the powers, perhaps for a period of time, although he hasn't tested yet, and he doesn't want to test it. But that's something that happens in another yeah. issue in the future. Well, I mean, that's classic Claremont, isn't it? He lays. He famously has yeah. this A, A plot, B plot, C plot, doesn't he, where he lays yes. down things, some some which happen, some which don't always happen, but he lays down people in the shadows as the C plot and stuff like that. You know, yeah, well lots of threats. Lots of threats yeah. going here and there, and then as he goes along, when he finds convenient, he picks them up, yeah. Or maybe he forgets about it. Yeah. Because that's another... <laughs> yeah, that's happened, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happens as well. Mm. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty much. And uh, the last page is uh, a, is the appearance, the second appearance of Celine. Yes. Um, I believe the first time she appears in a New Mutants comic, I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the appearance of Celine. And then that leads towards future issues of the X-Men because she becomes one of the yeah. enemies of the X-Men. Yeah, she becomes a major storyline in maybe, yeah, I'm going to say major. about 10 issues time, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that, roughly, yeah. 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 Something like that. So, Nando, thanks for that. That was good. So that gives you a taste. It is an interlude issue, I'm going to say. it's. Um, yeah. It's, there's a lot of soap in this one, isn't there? Which we're used to in the X-Men, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I think Chris Claremont, and I think that was one of the, the major characteristics yeah. uh, of his writing and perhaps one of the reasons why the x-men were so successful for such a period of time yeah and um, he introduced this sort of soap opera um, telenovela Fa- family <laughs> romance thing. yeah family thing going on with the x-men and it's what you needed you needed that sort of idea there yeah and and this issue in particular is a perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've famously heard about they go and play baseball or softball or stuff, don't they? You know, we've we have those issues yeah. in this sort of thing. But let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, let's go back to you, uh, to young Fernando Pons and his um, his introduction to comics. So, growing up in you grew up in Menorca as well. I'm guessing, did you? That's yeah, that's right. Yes. How was your access to comics on? Because it's quite a small island. You were saying. It's, it's a tiny place. It's a tiny island. It's 30 yeah. miles long. Wow. Okay. Um, my access to comics was actually really good. 
Okay. Um, but it's because I'm from the generation that we were so lucky to go to the several news agents that you may have in the town. Yeah. And the racks were full of comics of all varieties from local Spanish comics to some European imports to American imports. And when I'm talking about imports are comics that have been translated yeah, and okay, I was wondering that. adapted yeah. to the to the format, to the magazine, etc. for Spain. So what was the what were the popular Spanish comics at the time? For the, the Spanish comics at that time, Mortadelo, Mortadelo and Filimon was right. probably the most popular one. Okay. Uh, Francisco Ibanez, the creator actually he died uh, sadly. Uh, that was end of July, beginning of August. Oh, right, recently. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, just to give you an idea to the people who doesn't know about this, he is one of the artists that appears in Paco Roca. Oh, um, right, yes. The winter of the art of the artist. The, the revolution uh, of the comics makers long before. We yes. talked about that with Tom, actually. Tom came on and we talked about that because yes. it's, it's kind of like image. It's like people forget history don't they image think they created that revolution but it happened yeah decades it happened before, in spain the, in the, yes it happened in spain the 60s yeah so francisco ibanez is the young artist that just joins the publishers oh, right. and, okay and this group is mentioned about him. he appears in the background a few times and oh look at him the young star you know he's doing well and blah 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 that's him because uh, you have right. to remember in in this particular graphic novel by paco roca all these characters the vast majority were real. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about that at a different time because it's a book that is fascinating. Yeah, There's it's, a lot it's, of it's incredible. That He's got. We are probably missing, and then, the, uh, as you, if you are not aware, um, because I can go into details of the covers of the magazines they are shown yeah. uh, in the okay. news agents in that book Within the story, and yeah. are yeah. correct to the date. Oh, wow. Okay. So Paco Roca did a lot of research to make sure that the comics and the covers that he was drawing were exactly contemporaneous to the date that he was given in the story. That's great, man. If for those who want like a bit of a deeper, to be fair, not on the level that Nando knows, but Tom and I did a deep dive on that, that book about three years ago, I'm going to say. It's, uh, I'll put it. I'll put it in some of the socials. So you can go back and listen to that as well. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a great well, creator. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a great one. Yeah. So let's go back to the X Men. So how? Yes. What was? Can you remember your first exposure to them? Uh, the first exposure to X Men was La Patria X issue eight. La so, Patria X was the magazine. That was the X Men. That's how the X Men are known in Spain. Okay. What was the direct think? translation of that? Do you know? Is it? X Patrol. X Patrol. Wow. Okay. That's, that's yeah. very. Uh, that's very Rob Liefeld, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> very much. Very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. That that was my first exposure. And what and was the story? That, Can you remember? A that was Chris Claremont, Dave Cockrum, ah. Joseph Rubinstein, and that was the story where the X Men loved ones are kidnapped by Arcade, and. Doctor Doom is oh, so there. This as was well, the return of Cockrum. So this was post burn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was post burn. That's when I started. Yeah. And that issue eight of Patria X, that was my first one. Wow. And I got I bought that and I was ten and that was me. And then I you got, got you had the Magneto issue after that, did you? Is that right? Yeah, all yeah. of them. 
I yeah. bought every single one of them. That was me starting collecting um, superhero comics. What a that time to be an X Men fan as well. Even though you missed Byrne, you got Cockrum, and then you got Paul Smith, and then you got John Romita. Yeah, yeah, it was a hell of yes. a time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's gone downhill uh, so, since. I'll be honest with you, Nando. <laughs> I haven't read them for a long time. That was going to be my so, next question. Actually, you still keeping up with them, or you know? I've I've read the House of X, Power of X. Um, okay. Yeah. First book that contained, I think, is twelve issues, hmm. and uh, I've read that, and yeah, that's fine. But yeah. I haven't read any more. Um, to me, it's not the same. It's not the same connotation. It's not the same characters. They don't yeah. behave in the same way. It's a bit more me. like the Legion of but, Superheroes now. There's so many characters in it. Back then, you had like seven characters, didn't you? You know, you you, you loved. And it wasn't just yeah. a different character every week and a different... Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so you carried on with with um, X-Patrol, as we're going to call, call it for the moment. In <laughs> Sp- yeah, in, in, in Menorca for a while. And, um, yes. And were you reading it in English as well? Were you an English speaker back then as well? No, not at that time. Right. At that time, I mean, the Menorca, there, there was no uh, comic book shop. And even when I left, when I was 26, there wasn't anything like that. So right. the only the only comics you could be able to buy were the ones you could get in the newsagents. Okay. And that was, uh, you know, as I say, I was very lucky at that time because there were lots of newsagents and all of them were carrying lots of comics. And although the X-Men in particular was a difficult one to get because everyone used to buy it and it yeah, used to run yeah. out very, very quickly. There was that sort of sense of adventure, you know, going every week to the different news agents and trying to find out that issue here, that issue there, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but the X-Men was, that was my first one that I, I follow and read. And then other things came. I was very lucky at that time. Spain was published. They were publishing um, the Iron Man by Bob Layton and yeah. Michelini. And uh, at the same time, they were doing Simonson's Thor. Wow, okay. Um, uh, Fantastic Four. Be Burn around Alpha that time, Flight by yeah. John Byrne. Yeah. yeah. So all of these were at the same time in the news agents. Uh, and because the Spanish editions were not all chronologically at the same line as the Americans, you know, yeah. the X Men in particular were quite behind okay. compared to the rest. So, yeah. Anyway, we had the same here with with I don't know if you've ever seen it since you but we had the same with Marvel UK here. So when yeah. people say to me when did you start reading the X Men, my answer is well when they started. You know well, I was reading the original team, but I wasn't yeah. reading them in you know the the early mid sixties. I was reading them when they were yeah. reprinted in the Marvel UK here. Exactly. So, so, so yeah. the same. Yeah. Did yeah. you go back and read some of the Burn stuff as well, or? Uh, no, for this uh, I I've re- I've reread it, but that was. I think about a year ago or so. Oh, good. Oh, so you, uh, so you know, you you, you piqued your interest to know because you because all they still talk about is the Dark Phoenix saga, don't they? Is it was a, you know it's a real yes. pivotal moment. You must, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, that that's really important. The Days of the Future Past. That's another yeah, such a no, definitely. big, massive two issue story, but it's, yeah, yeah. It, it has such an importance. Such an importance in the. That would be a Marvel event the, and a load of miniseries, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a crossover, twelve issues, <laughs> spin-off, and goodness knows what else. <laughs> do you do you have specifically have any memories of buying this one we're talking about today? Um, this one in particular. Yeah. No, okay. no, I don't have a specific memory of it. There are certain issues I remember where I bought them or. Yeah. 
when exactly, but this one in particular, no. But I do remember when I read it the first time, and and although it wasn't you know an epic fight against villains or anything like that, I thought, oh, this is actually different. Yeah. And this is this is good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought, and I remember that I had that memory of it. Yeah. And well, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's. Let's. I think it's. I think we, I was going to leave this to later in the episode, but I think we can charge into it now because we both. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm a massive X Men fan. I've got a complete run of Uncanny. I buy. I still buy it now. Much. Not always enjoy it, but I still buy it. Um, <laughs> and um, and I'm a little bit older than you, Nando. So my formative yeah. years were Burn. Really, um, it, re- it really got me. You know, it yeah. really caught on to me, and it and it carried and on. Understandably all so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it carried on through these issues and everything, and I still would so- probably say they're my favourite team. Um, Wolverine's probably one of my favourite characters still in all of comics, but they've. When you th- we, we I know we briefly discussed this before we press pl- press record, but the original X Men team weren't. They didn't sell great towards the end. It became a reprint title, and. Yeah. Um, went bi-monthly and stuff like that but when the uncanny came out it didn't hit immediately but when it did hit it became massive and you know massive seller and then and you know spin-off series weren't as common as they are now and then but it continues to be i was speaking to um pete actually and i was saying what's selling really well and he was saying like the x-men comics fly out so there's still in Forbidden Planet, this was, and this they're still selling really well. Um, what do you? Why do you think they endure, man? Why do you think they're still a? Well, you know, forty, fifty years later, they're still a massive fan favorite. I think when the when the X Men came back, yeah. and when we had the giant size and kind X Men issue number one, yeah, um, which introduced this new. Uh, Group, this new team, written by Len Wein, instantly. Yeah, exactly. Stands, yeah. <laughs> yes, and we had this sort of international lineup. Of, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. First of all, uh, of heroes, um, different um, race backgrounds as well, and and ethnic backgrounds as well. Because then you had the Storm from Africa, and you had Thunderbird, which is was. A Native American, yeah, um, and we had uh, Colossus himself was Russian, which was an unusual uh, thing for yeah, us. Yeah, and, and Nightcrawler being German, and yeah, so you had all this variety, uh, and and suddenly you have this sort of appeal there, which then Cockrum loves the design of all the uniforms because yeah. he did all these designs, um, so that that's the initial, but there's more. Is when Claremont gets into it. And I think he had a massive, massive uh, role in suddenly uh, bringing the X-Men to the top. Uh, okay. Uh, that's one thing. And why is doing it so well? Because he brings the human side yeah. of these Agreed. characters yeah. beside the superhero side. So they are not just a super team. They're a family. Yeah. There's this big theory, they have isn't their there? Problems. That there's this yeah. big there's this big theory that T V series do well when you recreate a sense of family for the viewer. 
you know, and exactly. everything, you know, and I think it counts for comics, and I think it, it, it making not just family but relatable. So Peter Parker, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's it's a bit of going back to the origins of the modern Marvel comics. Yeah, when Lee and Steve Ditko they did Amazing Spider Man, and suddenly they introduced this teenager superhero that has his worries and his problems of a teenager boy. Yeah, into the superhero world. Suddenly, everyone, oh, I like this. And if you couple into that the fact that um, Stan and you know the bullpen were very intent on getting you in as part of the gang, you exactly. know, which is slightly different from other companies at the time because they, they we all had our own little phrases we'd use as Marvel fans. He'd write a column, you know, he'd have a little cheeky. I mean, do you, I don't know if you remember this when John Romita Jr. was hunk of the month. Do you remember that? In the, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it was all like a gang. We were in like a gang with them, you know. <laughs> and I, I kind of think that's where it goes. My big theory about if, if you just let see what you think about this one is, the reason yeah. we like the X Men is because comic readers like us back then were it was a little bit of an outsider hobby. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. the X Men are outsiders, yeah. um, and I think. In a weird way, they represent us. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Yeah, they're almost we're yeah. almost our, our friend group in a way. You know, yeah. we, we'd all love yeah. to be in the X Mansion, wouldn't we? We'd all love to have Wolverine as a friend, and you know, go in the danger room or that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They were they were the outcasts. They yeah. were the the ones that they were, despite of being good and protect the society. The society was against them in many ways, and they had to deal with the hate. And there's a lot of social commentary on it. Yeah. And Claremont didn't want to go into that too heavy initially. He wanted to create the the family feeling first. Yeah. That yeah is we have that social commentary and how they hate the mutants, and that increases. And we yeah. see actually from this sort of era onwards, it gets even worse the hate against the mutants and yeah. you know and the persecution and the and the anti-mutant act by senator kelly and all these kind of things yeah. they appear you know and and there is the social part of it there is the being represented or representing the outcasts the yeah, people I think what, who is what different they did in is, society as you said that as an allegory for, family yeah i mean it's an allegory for racism it, you know it's perfect because yeah. what marvel have done is they've made them our friends and then they've shown us that people are being racist against them in a way thus showing to us how bad racism is you know and we're on their side we're automatically anti-racist you know yeah Um, absolutely it's very clever and I'm i'm not sure whether all of that was totally intended but it certainly had that effect on me you know um, yeah, it did on me as well, and I'm pretty sure of many readers as well. Yeah, uh, and that was the, the, I think, what differentiated the X Men from the rest of the Marvel super teams, um, and how the magazine was read. And, and you have to remember, you had, you know, you, you had, as we said, people from different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah, you had also a lot of women, and they had yeah. very important roles in, in the super team. Yeah, you know. And, and here in this story, we see a storm, and she is essentially the mother figure, although yeah. she appears just very briefly. But in the, the two occasions that she appears, is, is, is the mother figure. 
uh, Kitty Price, she will be the daughter. Sister, which, yeah, yeah, for us. Sister, yeah. you know, the little sister. You have Wolverine, which for the first time he has this first sort of um, father figure role, uh, particularly at the end of the fight and what well, well, sort of. Uh, chat he has with colossus at the end <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so yeah yeah you had all these elements and each of them they have you know a role in this family and and Clemo was very clever on that i think and yeah. as you said maybe maybe not was intention intended like that and it just came out like that but goodness yeah i think once you've got those characters down they write themselves don't they and that's the old phrase that people use don't they you can they yeah. you guide them around like chess pieces you know like you know action figures almost but i think the other, a couple of other things worth mentioning around the x-men as well is the re the, the remain popular because of the reinvention and i don't just mean around lineups and costumes and personalities you know we've seen kitty pride become Catherine pride recently and all this sort of thing. yeah um but i think the stuff that it's spread into other so long before we had the Marvel movies, we had a very popular X-Men cartoon, um, yep. card games. Um, then we got the movies with them in. So they they are... They, the X-Men could survive as their own comic company, I think. So you can just be, with a few exceptions, just be into the X-Men. You'd probably have to buy about 30 comics a month, though, because there's so many <laughs> fucking series out there. But, uh, yeah, there's that. Um and I think the the change of lineups does occasionally help. Um, you know, we we saw not long after this issue, did we? Maybe two years after this, we had Storm compete with um, uh, Cyclops for the leadership. Um, yeah, that's right. We have we had people we have people come and go a bit from it. Um, and even after this story, doesn't Kitty Pride then go off and do the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries? Um, I think that's after uh, this, yes, I think that's about right. Yes, that's about right. It's it's, it's short of Tarda or, or there are thereabouts. Yeah, um, which is a great series. So, yeah. I really like that series. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a lot of people forget about it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've I've in, it was published in Spain a couple of years later. Right. Um, yeah, they didn't have the occasion to actually fit it in, but. Um, I've I've read it. I had two, and it was yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah. Have you got any particular was, runs of? Have you got any other sort of particular storylines or runs of the X Men that you've really dug, mate? You know. I do like. I mean, all the Claremont run. Possibly, you know, if you go into the Mutant Massacre. Okay. Yeah. That one I remember when I bought the first issue and how the first issue finished, and I was like, "How is this gonna happen? What are they gonna do?" You know, yeah. being daft and it's like, "Come on, man, it's just a comic." Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but you're concerned, you're worried about the characters. I remember that very well. Um, I think probably yeah. Um, when when, did you, when did you drop off? When did you go? I'm not digging it anymore. Are you able to say? Um, I dropped off. Uh, that was probably after Age of Apocalypse. Okay. I would say roughly. Yeah, that was a difficult time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think kind of around about that time, I remember. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse on the slot. Uh, yeah, the roundabout that era. Okay. But yeah. Going back to which uh, 
part of comics I like. Yeah, uh, I want cool. to see it's a short story, two issues, no long after this one, with Kulan Gaff as the major villain. Okay, yeah. And it relates to an old, I think it's a Marvel team-up of Spider-Man and Red Sonja. Of course, where, yeah, which is a Burn comic as well, isn't it? Yes, and yeah. the whole of uh, Manhattan on New York gets covered in this sort of magical sphere where everyone inside uh, lives in this sort of sort of Conan fantasy yeah. era, and outside is still normal. Uh, that's a that story is one of my favorite ones as cool. well. Nice one. Yeah, I've got a bit of real soft spot. We talked. I talked about it with Eamon a few years ago with the Wolverine mini, the Miller, the Miller one. Yeah, I really, I really like that. I'll, all of the Burn, Claremont's or Austin stuff, I, I just loved. Um, oh yeah, the uh, the the Dark Phoenix saga, especially. Um, I was reading reading that in a mixture of. Um, Marvel UK reprints and also getting slightly newer versions of the story from the American issues that were landing in. Not all of them landed in the news agents. So I had to go back and buy some of them at Comic Mart yeah. and stuff. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's probably the comic I've got the most versions of. I think of all the comics in my collection. You know, trade paperbacks, essentials. Yeah. Um, I'll always buy like a French version of it if I see one or whatever. You know, um, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that was that was a good one for me. Should we talk a little bit? Let's talk about. Let's move over and talk about it because I know we're running long. Actually, let's talk a little bit about the art. Um, John Romita, aka John Romita Junior. I think he just goes by John Romita now. Uh, his real name yeah. is long long form name is John Salvatore uh, Romita. Was born in nineteen fifty six, sixty seven years old. Where yeah. has the time gone, Nendo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He studied at the Farmingdale State College in New York. At 13, he created The Prowler, um, which is the Spider-Man villain, which Stan really liked the name, but they, they changed the costume, etc. a little bit. He began working at Marvel um, on covers for reprints. Then in 77, he had a six-pager called Chaos at the Coffee Bean, an amazing Spider-Man annual. I probably noticed him, and I'm guessing you did as well, when he was teamed up with Bob Layton on Iron Man. Was that a good oh, time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, really yeah definitely. Yeah, that, really, really there's a, a run of about 10, 12 comics there that I reread recently when I knew we were doing this. Still stand up, man. Still outstanding. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. T- to me, still the best Iron Man run, I think. I f- kind of think that. I don't know what you think about that. you got a favourite run? No, that's possibly my favourite one yeah. as well. It's, it's, as I said earlier on, that's, that's the ones that... I went into the were in the news agents at that time when I started with yeah. the Marvel comics and with the X Men and that was my first contact to Iron Man. So yeah, yeah, definitely maybe that's part of it. Yeah, arguably yeah. the best one. Yeah, uh, he then did some more Spidey. He launched the Dazzler series. Um, my next yep. bump into him was in uh, Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions, which I fucking loved. It's one of those comics I got on holiday. <laughs> you know when your parents drive for 300 miles and you've got two comics in the back of the car? The first issue yes. of that was one of them. Um, of course, we, oh, loved that. we loved that in the UK because it had Captain Britain in it, you see. So yes. we were nuts for it. Um, he then got on the X-Men grind, um, but wasn't the favourite of Claremont, the story goes. Claremont didn't immediately want him. Had to sort of oh. be talked into it, yeah. Then he did oh. some. Then he jumped about a bit, but we got Starbrand, which Dave, Dave and I talked about. Dave Robertson, your yeah. buddy, mm-hmm. um, and my buddy, we talked about him. Um, 
And then in my head, he kind of turned into the person we see more now. Um, you can see a little bit in his X-Men work here, but it, 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 there's it's hard to say, but I kind of feel like there's more of a Kirby. He allows his, his inner Kirby to flow out a bit more. You know, what do you think? Uh, are you meaning when he goes into Daredevil? Into what? Sorry, you, you got a bit of uh, noise on your mic there. What did you say, dude? Sorry. So when it, when he goes into... When he, that, when he did the devil with Annocenti, oh, and then also yeah. the man without fear. Yeah, which he Frank says Miller. is his best work. That's he he says, that's his best work. So, yeah. Um, there's that. There is a definitely turn change um, in the style. Um, when he did, it started. Uh, you start to see that in Daredevil. You see definitely Man Without Fear and he yeah. did some other comics at that some time. Thor, I think the Cable Mini series, if you read that. Yes, the Cable Mini series, that's another one. Yeah. And you see that more a square, a square jaw characteristic, yeah. those fists, the proportions are more Kirby-esque yeah, uh, very much for so. the characters. And he did, a, as, he did, some, Thor, did. did some Thor around, I think, around the 2000s, and that's similar again. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that sort of idea. So that's, but it has changed as again. And I know there's a, there's some people who doesn't like that new style. Yeah. I prefer more the style that he did in the Uncanny X Men in this run that okay. you know yeah. that we are discussing here with Clarman. Personally, I yeah. do like Man Without Fear. Yeah, I really I like, like that. that. Yeah, I really like that, and I really like that because also the Incar works in his favor on the style and i think the final product works really well yeah and i believe it's al williamson the yes who did a lot with him he did some of the star brand stuff with him as well yes he did he did he actually did some of the x-men if i remember correctly the few episodes they are part of the secret wars okay right there's a few of them two or three of them and it's al williamson doing the inks I think worthy because, worthy of note yeah, here as well is is Klaus Janssen as well. I like his stuff over the top. So it gives yes. it a bit more of a scratchier feel. I kind of feel. Yeah, it's more scratchy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but is that too scratchy when he goes into that sort of Kirby X style? That's the thing. Yeah. I just like to find that fine balance of how it looks. Um, yeah, there's definitely a storytelling versus letting your style go a bit crazier balance somewhere isn't yes. there like when you look at 183 yeah. that we've been reading for this there's yeah. a there's definitive brilliant storytelling in it but if you looked at something yes. like i don't know if you ever read his image book the gray area he's kind of yes i remember that i've read yeah. the first fusion of that yes yeah he's almost let a bit off the leash too much there somehow yes i, di- I didn't like that yeah 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 and i felt that a little bit about a couple of other things i i mean i i do really like his style it's the wolverine he did with mark miller i kind of felt he was a bit off the leash on that as well um yeah that's yeah uh, no as much as the gray area yeah no i agree I with that say. totally man yeah i, I yeah. would say um but yeah with the spider-man some of the stuff was all right. Some of the stuff I was like, eh, not sure about this. Yeah. Of course, he did the um, the nine eleven comic, which is I remember breaking my heart. Right? Yeah, that, that was yeah, that, that that's that, that's yeah. that's probably one of the best ones, if not the best one of that run. And I think one of the opinion. ones he's he's made a lot of money out of is the Eternals with Gaiman, isn't he? The Eternals miniseries or twelve issue maxi series he did with. Yeah, I think they sold quite a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. always a, it's always in a shop. Whenever I'm in a shop, 
It's, it's always there. I'm not sure if that's because they've got so many left over. Is it the same that. copy, though? Yeah, it might be from that terrible movie. They couldn't shift any, could they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get a lot of stuff like Kick-Ass, um, which I yeah. remember reading and thinking, it's sort of a bit extreme. It's kind of fun to read. He's not putting as much work into it. But I think he's, and I hope that he's making a few quid from it, was the way I sort of sat and looked at that. Well, they're done three three limited series of kickers they've done some spin-offs yeah a newer one as well yeah movie so i think they're doing all right <laughs> i think it's getting rebooted as a movie series i think they announced it in new york didn't they a couple of weeks ago yeah i wouldn't be surprised are you reading um, are you reading big game um the new miller series no i'm not actually no i'm not okay i won't spoil the, it that's then. the people the, the are rough one the what sorry Pepe Larraz is doing the art. That's the one, yeah. So it's the big um, yeah. spinner, um, all the different... Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I'm not reading that. Okay, know. yeah. Well, maybe get that in a trade, because you might a couple of moments in it you might be surprised at. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, then we got... Um, he did some Avengers work with Bendis, which I really liked. I really, I remember going in the store specifically quite excited to read that stuff. And then we had the World War Hulk. Just for that, we had the World War Hulk stuff. As well, so he's, he's well, yeah, definitely a that's right. big Marvel guy, isn't he? Which was a surprise to me when oh, he moved to DC for that that little period of time. Yeah, he's done he's done lots of things for Marvel for many many years. Yeah, and for DC, I remember the I remember the All Star Batman he did. Yes, yeah, the Superman thing he did. I remember the Superman with Frank Miller. Yeah, he did as well. Um, and when he did that, particularly with the first issue. I thought his style was softer. Okay. And I thought, oh, this looks like a little bit more of the more classic uh, John Romita Jr. Yeah, I get And Because uh, when I thought, oh, this, this looks nice. And then, uh, yeah, the first one in particular, I thought it looked really nice. Two and three, maybe the story as well doesn't help him. Yeah. But yeah, the first one I thought was really nice. Yeah, cool. Um, I mortally embarrassed myself in front of him once. So I was with uh, Cliff what, what and, happened? Yeah, I was with Cliff and uh, Falpy and a buddy of ours. We'd met a couple of buddies of ours. We met at Heroes Convention in Charlotte. <clears throat> okay. And um, I, I, we, I think beer was flowing a bit. We were all in a good mood. So I decided to pose one of my questions about what's the worst thing you've ever done, which is always a good, good question to ask people when they're drinking. Um, and I decided to open up with one of the worst things I've ever done, which I can't repeat on here. And I've said some things on here, man, before. It's that bad. And um, <laughs> then uh, we noticed that sitting next to us with a baseball cap on, eating his dinner at the bar and watching the baseball was John Romita Jr., who oh we then who, I just who almost flinched when I told the end line of it. And then we tried to, Cliff very, you know, tried to get him to involve himself and have a drink with us. And he sort of thanked us and left. <laughs> I think that was a uh, no thanks. Yeah, probably a very wise move to be fair. But yeah, I do I do like him. I like his enthusiasm still. If you if you follow him on social media, I'm going to say it's Instagram, but I'm not sure because I don't know. But he does like a little sort of drawing chats about while drawing and stuff like that. I like that. Um, yeah, his his recent Spider Man stuff ain't ain't as good as some other stuff he's done. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> It's not yeah. a great series, but it's selling well. So I'm hoping he's making a few quid. But uh, yeah. Um, 
Oh, otherwise, he's won an Inkpot Award and he won an Eisner for the Spider-Man 30 to 35 coming home story. Good. Okay, so let's I mean, talk... Go on, mate, sorry. Yeah, sorry, his production, I mean, you can't complain. The amount of stuff he's done, that's the thing. It's, yeah. It works, and he works a lot. Yeah. And sometimes he has said to critics, you know, the people who criticize his art style say well the other style that comes on that day is the art style that comes on that day that's it yeah that's how i draw that day that's how it comes out and i just have to move on and so certainly you know um he works yeah he's got a work ethic (laughs) i I do like that yes definitely yeah Yeah, it seems like a really nice guy from what i can make out of i think i spoke to him at kapow as well because he came down for that the Kapow, kapow convention that miller ran in london um, yeah. yeah, yeah, super nice. Right, let's get on to the comic itself, and then we're going to get on to yeah. talk a little bit about you. Um, I wanted to just quickly cover the cover, um, because I really like this cover. We, we talk a lot about covers on the Awesome Comics podcast. Yes. And um, I like a storytelling moment on a cover, and I like there to be action on a cover. Because if you look at this, there's things that happen on this cover that don't happen in the comic. So... Am I right? I think I'm right in saying is that we don't see the exposed juggernaut costume in the comic. That's correct. Yeah, mm. but they but, very wisely put it on the cover because otherwise it'd just be a big bloke with red hair, wouldn't it? You know. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So you immediately recognise. Oh, wait a second. That's Colossus and Juggernaut. You know, punching fight. each other. Yeah. With in the background. Um, yes. The storytelling, the body language on this is beautiful because it's got Nightcrawler almost wanting to jump in and help out. And Logan yes. leaning back against the bar, That's it. taking it all in, like yeah. the old hand he is. He's seen more bar fights yes. than anyone, isn't he? You know. Yes. <laughs> He's seen more fights than anyone. He's been in more fights than anyone. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really like that. And I remember at the time thinking, fucking hell, you wouldn't want to get punched by those knuckles of Colossus. They look nasty. Do you know what I mean? They, yes. It's definitely. And, and, and Romita's been clever here. He could have done Juggernaut really, really big. Yeah. But it puts him in a different position and it favors colossus height so suddenly colossus seems to be you know much bigger than juggernaut and say well wait a second you know colossus could actually knock him down you think just looking at the cover yeah it gives him competition um so yeah it's a it's a great cover yeah and also it's the opposite of what happens in the comic because yes colossus (laughs) doesn't really get the better of him you know, he no. doesn't. He doesn't kill him. He doesn't maim him. But it's just like he just knocks him out. You know, kind of. Yes. And then he comes to, and uh, yeah, I, I I really like this cover. I think we need more storytelling because as soon as I would see like I like I was like you buying this in newsagents. So as soon as I saw this on the shelf in a newsagent, I'd be like, "All oh, right, this is wow. This is fucking something's happening here." Yes. Anyway. Yes. And, and I feel because I loved all these characters so much, I felt tense. I I was actually upset when colossus loses oh okay yeah but mm-hmm. there's no one else i think it's a very wise choice to use um juggernaut because obviously he's now kind of a good guy but back then he was not super evil he was the kind of guy who'd rob a bank you know but he was also the kind of guy that was unstoppable and you would you you knew he couldn't beat him he, yeah you wouldn't he, mess with him yeah you wouldn't mess with him, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and also, the other thing is interesting on this one is you have this cover, but then the first page, and you read the title of the story, and you go, uh, "Yes, true, yeah." Have they mixed up the comics with the covers here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
is something totally different. So, so for those who haven't read it, once you read the comic, everything makes sense. Yeah, yeah. For those that haven't read it, it starts off in 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 something that wasn't common in a lot of comics at the time. We get a long sequence of talking heads. We get a romantic breakup between a couple, yeah. where normally comics would start with a I don't know a fucking bank robbery or something or someone landing a spaceship. Yeah. But this way, because I think Claremont was recognised to be someone who could carry something like that, it opens with multiple pages of talking heads and. Um, Emotional content as opposed to physical content. Yeah, yeah, and and I have to say, the pressure, the the expressions, the the faces, yeah. the posture of the of Colossus of well, uh, Piotr and and Kitty here. Yeah, uh, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic yeah. storytelling because it's not showing very much. We can see the very first page. We see both of them sitting at the cliff, yeah. and you see. You know, sitting down. Second panel, you only see their backs. Yeah, that's true. And then the rest is just heads, just headshots. Yeah. Headshots. Yeah. There's one from the distance, very far away, or from the back again. Yeah, he really, but he really you can, switches it up here, doesn't he? But it and you can read the reading experience. Yeah. No, and you can read the conversation without reading the speech bubbles, and you know what's going on. Yeah, you do, don't you? Uh, so that definitely is a great job. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I have two things about it. One, the sky is very red, isn't it? Um, yeah, this, the, I mean, the sky is purple. <laughs> <laughs> the sky is purple, man. <laughs> the color is has been smoking something, you know. Yeah, this looks like an album cover, doesn't it? Colors. It's a yeah, colorful. Yeah. This is a prog rock a sky in an album cover. Uh, and the and the other thing is, who takes their younger, um, probably impetuous let's see that is use that as an adjective girlfriend to the cliffs to break up with <laughs> well <Not>. yeah yeah <laughs> but it's certainly more romantic yes yeah yeah now of course <laughs> this this was all i found this incredibly moving when i read it um i thought oh god because we'd been on that you know we we'd, we'd watched them grow and you know yeah. this sort of thing and it didn't occur to me that there was this massive age difference but when you the actual age, age difference is uh, P- Piotr is 19 and Kitty is 14. 14, Which yeah. is fucking massively dodgy. Um, <laughs> but I didn't realise yeah. at the time, so I could appreciate it. Only going back now, I think, come on, Claremont, what are you doing? You know. And you know I, what? I know Peter's I, a bit stunted, yeah. isn't he? He's a bit emotionally stunted, but there's no excuse for that. There's a lot of emotionally yeah. stunted people out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, at the time, I didn't pay attention to the age. Yeah, I didn't realize I just, it, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I just thought, yeah, 14, 19, they were older than me as a reader. And I didn't pay attention to that. And then I thought, well, fine, you know. Yeah. And anyway, Kitty Kitty was always always portrayed in a way, the way she speaks and thinks. She's always mature, more mature than her age. Yeah. yeah. Even from the very beginning. She'd done a lot of growing. Um, hadn't she since yeah. you know yes um since being since the christmas episode your issue where there was like an alien running about in the camp you know the campus yes. and stuff like that yeah 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 so, so she's gone through a lot yeah she's gone through a lot actually yeah. it's out of life experience for a 14 year old and then you have peter the peter that he is a shy introspective farmer isn't he essentially uh, yeah yeah. and and, and, you know so that kind of brings them emotionally together a more of that closer age but yeah 
just looking at the numbers, 14 and 19, you go, mm, if you publish this nowadays, that would be controversial. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. The next, the next page I wanted to draw to your attention is I think it's page nine, which opens with, um, it can't, it can't be the most because we've we've had a competition on this in the previous, but in the past, me and the Don. But there's more words in the top panel with Storm speaking than there are in some comics these days, um, <laughs> or thinking rather. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's the one that Storm. Yeah, there's a lot of that there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then what I really like about this page is they don't do this enough. And I actually think the movie Hugh Jackman Wolverine characters is is one of the reasons. But that for me, Logan is a runt. Logan yeah. is it's he, little. It's he would never all. have had a chance with Gene because you know Cyclops was a good looking, and he's this outsider run and the height difference between him and Peter there is great. I really like that. I think that works. Yes. Yes. But he's still. Um, in old prison terms, he's still the daddy of the situation. Yes, he's telling definitely. him what to do, and and at that point, he was going to kick his ass, wasn't he, for doing it? Teach him a lesson. Yeah, well, he he teaches us a lesson, but not physically. Yeah, that's in a different way, and uh, and I think that goes deep. The result goes much deeper. Yeah, and and yeah, so yeah, yeah, keep going with that. Yeah, so cool. yeah, we go because then. And then suddenly you go the third one in the party, which is uh, Nightcrawler. Because he yes. goes, hey, you know, don't go without me. I want to come too. I'm going to the pub too. So well, perfectly in personality. And... <laughs> they, that, yeah. That's his personality for me as well at the time. You know? Yes. He's, he's a tormented, well, you know, tragic character, but he has that that almost beast-like bounce about him at some times. And, and that yeah. little entrance into the group to go to the pub, I thought was perfect. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so they go to Monaghan's. Um, and then they sit in the corner. Um, all two of them wearing hats. That cowboy hat, Wolverines, ain't that ain't as well as it. I've got to tell you, it's fantastic. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he and he basically gets him drunk, didn't he? Pretty much. They just sit down and they start to drink beer and whiskey or whatever they were drinking and just getting drunk, and and they start to talk, you know. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightcrawler, you know, wants to kind of seize what's going to happen in a way, and Wolverine says, "Don't, don't intervene. Leave it in with me, you know. Yeah. Just leave it with me, sort of thing." And there's an interesting panel um, where we see the bar, and we see this big, massive guy has his left arm on the bar. He has a girl yeah. uh, uh, around his right arm. And, you know, it's just there in the background in this panel. And then we see Wolverine talking, you know. Yeah. Saying, you, you owe Kitty uh, an apology. And, it's nicely you know, telegraphed, it. isn't it, that? It's nice. They put him there without overstating the matter. Yeah. And then he appears later. I'll tell you what I really like yes. about um juggernaut in this is and he does this a lot later actually i think man without fear he does this is that solid black polar neck he's yes. got on works so yeah. beautifully in the art the yeah. massive hand that's <laughs> yeah. bigger than his head and it's on like half of the width of the bar you know yeah it's gigantic um and then yeah there's they have the conversation and wolverine saint colossus you know you're you owe Kitty an apology, and and Colossus say, "Hey, you know that's how I feel. I fell in love, 
with Saji in the Secret World Planet, and yeah, <laughs> uh, my feelings have my feelings for Kitty have changed and all that, and then uh, and you know and they start to go, you know, are you afraid? Are you sure you're not afraid? Were you pretending here and things like that? You know, there's a conversation, there's a common flow, but in the end, you know, uh, it's all part of the game that Wolverine is playing here. Yeah, yeah. and then the following page. Um, Wolverine is having a sip of beer and he kind of turns around and he said, hmm, that smell. I recognize that smell. Yeah. And, and then, and he spots Juggernaut. Yeah, the transition then, into it being Juggernaut is done in four, it's, it's yeah. a single image that's split up into four horizontal panels. Four. And it's, yeah. it, it, it indicates how uh, Logan's senses are working to pinpoint yeah. this character. And I think it really works that. I really like the way he's done yeah, that. Yeah, it's really good work there because it goes sort of blurry in the shadows, a smoky atmosphere, keep going with that. The color is had that blues, blues and just blue colors. Yeah. And then suddenly as we approach into the third panel, there's more definition. There's a wee bit more of color. Bang. Yeah. We go a massive red hair guy with a black jumper, massive hands. I mean, the question is fashion sense here, Nando. He's got uh, ginger, well, ginger. Well, no, he's not even ginger hair. It's just bright red hair. He's got a black polo neck. He's got brown chinos. Who wears brown chinos? And he's got uh, black boots on, like cowboy boots. Tony, Cuban heels. You want to go? You, you want to go and tell him in the face? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I want. I want. He can wear whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I dare, I dare say he has trouble buying trousers, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's lovely. And then I might add, I the, the fight so it sort of explodes into a fight. Um yeah. and I really I really like the way that he does the fight. You know, it's not overly choreographed. Half of it is done in people watching. In fact, he uses yeah. Ramita and Claremont use a lot of not only Wolverine and um Nightcrawler watching, but they use the crowd watching as well, which I really like. Yeah. 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 I like that how is how he's done. High com how Romita combines different, let's say, points of view cameras, yeah. just to use the cinematographic jargon here. Uh, and we have to say that the fight was no was no part of the plan on Wolverine's night out. Yeah, he didn't want to have that fight. But you know, when the fight happens, then he decided, okay, let's let's leave it like that. You know, Nightcrawler wants to intervene. The bottom Wolverine. of page sixteen is. I'm <laughs> I'm going to hazard a guess and say that some of them are from the bullpen. Some of those faces. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I think, I think that it's probably more work of Dan Green there doing the English. Yes, it does. It seems well. looser, doesn't it? It's very, yeah. yeah, it's very Dan Green, um, in yeah. my opinion, more it's than Romita. Like Dan Green's done in that. So for those that don't see, there's a an image of the panel with um, yeah. a lot of people who I'm going to say are almost like fill-ins. I'm, I'm guessing that a couple of them are friends of people or people in the bullpen. And then on the right, you've got the two characters that are clearly drawn more by uh, Ramita, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. 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 No, it's a lovely panel. More... You know, oh, it yeah, almost yeah. looks a bit Mad Magazine on the left to me. You know, a bit. Or, yes. Yeah, a bit, maybe a bit crazy or something. Very different expressions in the, in, the, in the faces, you know, smiling, sort yeah. of drunk, angry, surprised. So you go different there's different expressions but yeah that's i would say that's more dan green's yeah work yeah yeah 
So the, the the fight accelerates the slowly more and more the bar gets destroyed and it literally the oh, yeah. actual bar gets destroyed because <laughs> um, ju- yeah Juggernaut picks it up like a tree trunk and drops it on on Colossus. Yes, uh, yes. And it, I mean they both give it a good go and there's it finally ends with just a stat a man a mano to mano punching session, which yes. um, Colossus loses. Yes, and then the building collapses on him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so. I mean, essentially, um, Juggernaut decides to rip one of the walls that sustains the building and just throw it down on Colossus. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know, and that's pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, then, then we get that last moment, don't we? We get the whole, um, the where he gives him some money. You know, he says, "Look," and we we get the moment about um, tell the kid yeah. from me he did himself proud. He's got yeah. guts and heart. And he throws yeah. throws a mean right cross. And from that moment, I think I really like Juggernaut now. Jugg- I mean, yeah. genuinely, Juggernaut is one of my favourite characters. I know spoilers; they killed him in that recent issue, uh, the X Gala. Or we thought he was. We thought <gasps> no! he was. No, don't worry. We thought he was dead, and then two issues later, he comes back in an issue, and he's tied up somewhere. Um, but yeah, he's been through a lot of stuff. When he's shagging She Hulk at one point, and all sorts of things going on, weren't there? But. Uh, <laughs> like he's, I kind of like him as a character. Yeah, I like I like him in this episode. I think yeah, and this episode was I think the first time that I realized that Juggernaut, you know, he actually there was a code of honor. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, um, he could be Wolverine, couldn't he? He could. He's, he's yeah, akin to him. Because yeah, do you want some action? And I said no. And I said okay, we we'll leave it like that there. The boy may be proud, you know, give some money, I'll pay the damages. Yeah. I'll see you around, sort of thing. And then Wolverine doesn't intervene, Juggernaut doesn't intervene. Fair enough. So there's a code of honor there. And, and I like that when that yeah. when that happened. And I thought, well, well, you know, it's not that evil as you were saying. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's a likable they're likable rogues, aren't they? That's what you which yes. Marvel does often does so well. A lot of Spidey villains are like that, you know, second tier villains and stuff like that. You know, you kinda like them. But they're, you know, like Sandman will rob a bank, but he ain't all bad. You know, it's a bit like that, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. 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 I think they've sort of made Juggernaut... Oh, it's rather embarrassing in the new X-Gala thing because he, he's desperate to be in the X-Men. And this ain't the same person. Oh, yeah, which is a shame. But there I'm you go. That's Marvel for you these days. Good. But it's a good choice, man. I really enjoyed reading that one. It brought back the nostalgia for me. It got... Um, I, I, for a year, I wrote down everything I read and gave it a, a one one to ten out of ten, and this got this got a ten. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really really good one issue. Yeah, um, and we are forgetting to mention the the very end when you know Colossus goes he's he's angry. Yeah, with Wolverine, you didn't help me in this. You know, just let me with Juggernaut. And you know, yeah, and, and then and then Wolverine goes like. Yeah, he's gone. You know, you lose the fight, and and calls to go. You leave me alone, and and they say we are the X Men. We are supposed to help each other, and, and yeah. Wolverine goes. Well, that's that's the idea. That's the theory. You know. Yeah. You betray it. They say, "Oh right, okay. So we need to be together. The tough times, you know, and yeah. the difficult times. Yes, and we need to help each other. Yeah, 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 and." So whatever is the price that we have to pay, we have to sacrifice, you know, our lives, you know, for the others. Yes, yes. How Kitty did for you. Yeah, so he's done him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That, and, that, and you don't see Wolverine saying that. You just see that Colossus, you know, saying yes, 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 and that little 
pitch ball like Italy for you, you know. And I say it's kind of, well, you know, she was 14, um, and she saved she saved you, she saved your life. Uh, she was going to marry yeah, Taliban. Yeah, she through all sorts of things to help. You know, like to yeah. save you. Oh yeah, there was lots of things going on. You know, he did lots. Um, and yeah, essentially, you know, and Colossus broke her heart. And Colossus didn't realize of the other side, you know, and, yeah. and how young, yeah. how young Kitty is, in a certain way emotionally as well. Yeah. So yeah, the, the it was Wolverine's, a good Wolverine's always been protective, and this is almost like the, you know, the early days, earlier days of it. But he's always been very protective of Kitty, isn't he? Um, even up yeah. till now, they've got this sort of special relationship, which is is nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and that relationship yeah. comes from the limited series as well that you mentioned yeah. earlier on. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. That is really important, and and that relationship with Kitty is really important in the following years in the X Men and and all the spin offs. Yeah, and then to the point that they need to find another Kitty Pride, and that's when they get Jubilee. Yeah, which essentially fills up that gap of that um, sort of psychic for Wolverine. Yeah, and the woman is the mentor, the, the protective sort of yeah, father. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. Her. Yeah, that's where it all started going wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. It kind of went downhill from there. It did, really did, didn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it did. Yeah, I agree, man. But yeah, you're right. And um, I think I often think of the Wolverine miniseries as him discovering himself and the Wolverine Kitty series of him helping her discover herself, which is quite yes. an interesting sort of concept. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. So you don't think you'll dip back into the new issues or anything like that? Do you ever, do you ever have a little look in? You're on the Marvel app or anything like that, are you Nando? Or no, I don't. Um, I I prefer physical. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yeah. I do have some digital, but I pref- I enjoy more physical. And I have to say that in my recent trip to Menorca, I right. brought this comic and another hundred of issues of the X Men. So I'm just re- reading them. Uh, right, you brought them back from <laughs> your parents' house or something. You mean? Oh yeah, I, I bought uh, no. like tons of them. My suitcase was practically full nearly 20 kilos of comics <laughs> i have done so, that before they, right? i've had to throw my i've thrown my they, they had this stomach in the airport there'll be some funny looks and i say all right so can you open the suitcase and I say yeah what's this <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've thrown away a wash kit in order to get comics back in my bag yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah you know priorities first exactly yeah good point good so let's talk a little bit about you, uh, Mr. Bonds. So you're um, still busy recording up there. You've had two issues of your comic out so far, haven't you? And I, yes. I understand you're sort of slowly uh, working on the next one. Yeah. We are working on the third one. Um, we are accumulating quite a lot of material just now. We are finalizing a few bits and pieces. Uh, we have a quite good idea for the cover that we need nice. to work on. It's going to be a black and white issue. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I'm gonna leave it like that. I want. To, I don't want to say anymore. Right. But I'm gonna leave it like that. Um, and we are not rushing. We want to make sure that we like this sort of relaxed way of doing it. Yeah. We are. Mike is a machine. He's bringing pages and pages of comics. <laughs> David has done tons of stuff as well. Yeah. To and I've done few pages. Uh, something different again from what I did last time. So okay. I'm just. Uh, different things um so yeah um we're having fun i think prediction will kind of start to wrap it up and just get it there yeah there's no there's no rush man we do it for fun don't we yeah that's how i see it yeah, yeah well that's how i see it you know 
we, we do it because we like to do it. We enjoy yeah. um, doing it. So yeah. that's, 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 we need to enjoy the ride. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what else can we expect from you? Are you, are you doing comics with anyone else or um, anything like that? Have you appeared on any uh, other podcasts or what have you got coming? No, up? Oh, well, I'm, I'm appearing with you here today. Very, and, very happy uh, to have you, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to come back whenever you need me. So that was one you of, want me. <laughs> always, mate. That's one of my main aims of when I came up uh, north of the border to see you guys was to uh, to badger you into coming in and doing one. Yeah, doing the father one. But uh, yeah, that was a fun one. We did a Mad Magazine one. So for those that yeah, haven't listened, you idiots, yeah. go and listen to that comic smell. But we all sort of tend to sit around and um, Dave ate some white pudding, which he told me all about. I'd never seen that before. Uh, and it, <laughs> <laughs> white pudding. Yes, he's still that. He loves it. It does seem to, yeah. And then uh, we all sort of swapped comics and had a chat, and it was a lovely evening. Really nice. It was great. It yeah. was great. Yeah, it good stuff, great. man. And um, what else are you reading that you're enjoying at the moment? Anything else? Um, I've read very, very recently. This is something modern. Yeah. Nightwing. By Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Redondo. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've read a few things that well, it was quite interesting from the stuff that this is publishing just now. Probably the best series. A lot of people were saying that. Yeah. Uh, from a visual point of view, I definitely think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, from a visual point of view, it's fantastic. Bruno Redondo's art is great, and I, that's another Spanish artist oh, okay. who's doing well. Um, so yeah, I've I've read. I got the first trade. Um, actually, the first two trades, so the second one is kind of like a crossover thing. Right. I've, I've read that and I've enjoyed that very much. So, so he plays a lot about with them. Um, there's, there's recently he's done that POV version, hasn't he, where everything is from the view of someone. Yeah. Which is quite an, yeah. an, an interesting style. So, yeah, they're really playing about with format and style in that, which I think is good. Yeah, I like that. He's experimenting a little bit. And, I, and okay, some people might call it a gimmick. But it yeah, makes okay. it comic entertaining. Yeah. It makes it entertaining, and that's what it's about. It's about when have comics not used gimmicks to sell them? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's about entertainment. It's about to have time that you can disconnect from your worries or whatever you have in your life. Sit down, enjoy the comic, and read it, and get absorbed by it. And that's the magic of comic books, you know. Yeah, man. And that's what you've been enjoying. Yeah. And chase and look for well we're lifers man aren't we we're in this for life so uh definitely there's so many so many to discover good so right social social media wise if you do it where can we find you nando it'll be through that comic smell okay um just pass the information there and tom he's the the social media boss he'll pass the questions (laughs) or comments to me he always does right cool Nice one. That's brilliant, mate. Thanks for that. And yeah, all anything. Yeah, if you've got another one, we can have a chat afterwards. Um, always welcome to come back on, Nando. Yeah, so that's lovely, mate. Cool. Thank you for having me. Uh, I had a really good time. Good. Thanks, mate. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Mm-hmm.